Hello everyone out there, this is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is, How to Purchase Commercial Real Estate Without a Bank Loan. You heard me correct, without a bank loan. Check out this 10 second clip of our students' latest acquisition. It's a 117,000 square foot self-storage facility. It has a $2 million upside. He put 10% down, no banks involved. Check it out. Hello, this is Dean. This is my latest acquisition. It's a 117,000 square foot warehouse and self-storage facility. And I purchased it for $2.2 million. Let me share two things with you. Number one is, Dean could have gotten a loan for the property, but he didn't have to. That's key. Point number two is, seller financing, or how Dean bought the property, is a legitimate strategy. Now, let me go over the four benefits of buying commercial real estate without a bank loan. Number one, before I get started, the benefits of not using bank loans, we're going to use seller financing as a strategy to, to for buying the property okay now the first benefit of not using a bank loan is most lenders require a large down payment of typically 25 percent when you do seller financing the seller financing down payment equals there's no standard amount so your down payment is whatever you and the seller can come up with and i'll share with you how to come up with that in a minute Point number two is your net worth doesn't come into play. When you purchase a commercial property, when you ask for a loan, the lender wants your loan amount to be at least your net worth. In this case, Dean purchased the property for $2.2 million. With a 25% down payment, if he went to the bank, he would have to have a net worth of $1.65 million. But because we're doing seller financing, this does not come into play. Next, number three is your credit score doesn't matter because we're not using banks, right? Banks will look up your credit and they'll look at your credit score. When we do seller financing, there's no bank, so there's no credit to look up. Do you see the benefit there? However, the credit score doesn't matter, but you know what does matter instead is you building up seller trust and your ability to put a good plan together and execute. So what matters most is seller trust and knowing what you're doing and that's what we train our students to do to purchase these types of properties and know exactly what to do step by step we are a step-by-step -step company all right that's number three number four the fourth benefit and i think it's so pertinent to what's happening today this is how you beat high interest rates seller financing is how you beat where interest rate go up and up and up and up. That's how you beat it. Now, there's no banks involved, again, when you're using seller financing. There is a Wall Street saying, and the Wall Street saying is, credit leads and then equity follows. On Wall Street, what that means is the credit, that's the banks, equity, that's us. We follow whatever the bank does. Right, so interest rates go up, we are affected quite a bit. The property doesn't cash flow as much, it's harder to get approval. So how do you beat that? When the banks lead and we have to follow, how do you beat that? How do you do that? 
seller financing. So let's continue on learning how you can do this too. Let's do that next. Now, question for you, okay? Now, question, very careful. Listen to this question. Uh, the question is, what's special about this building? What did you see that was very special about the building, okay? The answer to this question is the beauty of self-storage investing. So what's special about this building? Here's the answer. Nothing. Okay. Nothing is special about this uh, building that makes it, it makes it so special. This is the beauty of self-storage. When you have an apartment building, if it's ugly, people are not going to come. When you have a, a, an office building or retail center, it's not pretty. People don't want to rent there. But in self-storage, it's about need, fulfillment, need, fulfillment. That's what it's about. Now, you do need four basic skills to analyze a self-storage facility. Here's the, uh, the first of the four skills required. Number one is you need the ability to analyze the income and expenses. Okay. Number two, you need an understanding of the location. You need an understanding of the location. Location is very critical for self-storage. Put yourself in Dean's shoes or if you were to purchase your own self-storage facility, would you want to be located in some high mountain way out in the boondocks with no one around? No. You need to be located in the main thoroughfare or highway where people can drive by and see you or, or easily get to. So location is important. Number three, you need to know how to optimize your storage mix and configuration. So mix could be a 10 by 10, a 5 by 10, a 15 by 20. A configuration could be a standard dry storage or a climate control or our RV spot or even just parking spaces, you know, with lines on the ground where people can park their RV. All of that is so important, how you optimize that. And again, we won't get into that, but once you get into self-storage investing, these four things are really, really important to make sure you're getting the right deal. Number four is knowing your competition. You really have to know uh, within a five-mile radius of where you are, what each facility is doing so you can price and, and market accordingly. Next, what I want to do is take you to where Dean's going to explain more about the deal and how he, uh, basically how he found it. All right, let's go there next. Now that you've seen the property, I wanted to tell you a little bit about how I found it. This property was actually adjacent to my first commercial property that I purchased. And I had heard that the owner of this property had recently died and had left it to his two daughters. And so one day I decided just to stop by and say hello and introduce myself being the new neighbor. And uh, when I walked in, I realized that the husband of one of the owners was someone I had known for like 10 years. And so I expressed my interest in buying the property. And six months later, he gave me a call back and we began to talk about what that would look like. Finding seller finance deals. How do you do that? Well, there are three things you have to do. Let me share those quickly with you. Number one, to find seller finance deals where there's a potential to do seller financing just like Dean, you have to go direct to the property owner. I am not going to give you our company secrets away by showing you how we teach our students to do that, but that is something critical that you have to do. Some of my best friends are commercial real estate agents. And uh, I tell them we go direct 
and we put together seller finance deals. They have no clue on how we do that and how we structure it. So they are focused on getting a listing and selling a property, doing creative things they just don't know how to do. So to go direct is the, you put yourself in the best position to get the seller to allow you to do seller financing. Number two, you have to acknowledge that commercial real estate investing is a relationship-based business. It is a relationship-based business and will always be. It does not matter what school you went to or how much money you have or what house you live in or what neighborhood you live in, what kind of car, what, if, you, if you have a suit or if you have a nice job. It doesn't even matter. Our company is proof that it doesn't matter. What matters is taking your time and having genuine relationships with the sellers. That is key. Number three, you must pull the motivation out of the seller. Uh, you got to pull the motivation out of the seller. How do you do that? By number two, having a, a relationship with the seller to understand their motivations, to build rapport, to build credibility, to be genuinely interested in where they start sharing motivations with you. Now, this is what happens when you have a motivated seller and a motivated buyer, beautiful things can happen, just like Dean's deal. Now, I want you to listen carefully how Dean does this very, very well. So what he does, you can do as well. Let's go there next. After that initial phone conversation, we decided to meet for coffee. And during that time and conversation, I was able to determine some of their motivations for selling. The two sisters that had inherited the property uh, were at retirement age. One was actually living out of state and the other was here, but not in great health. And they were both enjoying the cash flow that the pr property was generating for them. However, the management and, and maintenance of the property was becoming uh, burdensome for them. So that was really uh, of interest to get out from under that. Uh, in addition, I was able to determine that one of the major tenants that they had was planning to vacate the property. And that was going to vacate about 28,000 square feet. Uh, so from that conversation, I came back and had numerous conversations with Peter as we're trained to do. And we developed a strategy for making the offer. And that was a master lease agreement. That master lease agreement, we decided would be at their asking price of $2.5 million. It would be interest only at 5% for a period of three years. And we would make a 10% deposit. The owner was accepting of our agreement and we began the due diligence process. And that in that process, we determined that there was a significant amount of deferred maintenance. And I was able to negotiate down to $2.2 million as the final purchase price. Are you now starting to see how this is all coming together? Next, what I wanna do is talk to you about the numbers. So I'll split it up into two sections. I have the day that, that uh, Dean closed, this is, these are the numbers, and the plan is by year two to have achieved these numbers, okay? So at close, at the close of escrow, when Dean closed his deal, here is where he was, right? So the price is 2.2 million, as he disclosed. The down payment was 10%, with a 5% interest only payment for three years. 
we use the master lease agreement strategy for to take down this deal. It is a very powerful strategy for seller financing. It is a must-know to combat uh, high interest rates, to combat when you run into a deal where it's a great deal, you have a motivated sellers, but for some reason, you can't go to the bank. That happens when you go direct to the property owner. What do you do in that case? You do a master lease agreement. Next is um, the income at the close was $21,250. So seamless, lots of income. But no, we have quite a few expenses plus renovations going on. So the cash flow per month going in day one is negative $2,116 per month. Why would you buy this deal? Because potentially the cash flow could be almost $20,000 uh, by the end of the, uh, by the end of uh, the project. This is why. Uh, lastly, we have a three year extra strategy. That means we have a three year balloon. That means by the end of year three, we need to pay off the seller a, a huge amount of money. So the purchase price is 2.2. Dean put down $220,000. So $1.98 million by year three, Dean has to write the seller a check. So we have to make sure that by year three, the value is so high that we can get a new bank loan and pay off the seller. That is the extra strategy. Follow me so far? Now let's discuss by year two where we are going to be. So the income will be, as Dean explained, the income will be, um, you know, this is ballpark. It'll probably be even higher than this since the rents are really, really low right now, okay? And we have a lot of upside. We're gonna reconfigure things. We have great plans for the property. So we have it right now conservatively at uh, $38,390 per month for income. We're gonna undergo a renovation cost of about $200,000, uh, the property needs, okay? Interior and exterior, that has already started. We project the value to be anywhere between five to five and a half million once we get the income to this level. Now, how do I know that? Because we've already based this value on recent sales comparables. These are properties that are already transacted and sold in the area at a certain dollar per square foot. So we can get the income up to here, his property based upon properties that, that close today, not three, not three years from now, but today, the property would be anywhere between five and five and a half million dollars. And remember, he bought it for 2.2. So he's gonna spend $200,000. So he'll probably be in it for 2.4, 2.5. So he pretty much have created uh, more than $2 million in upside. Here's the plan. The plan is in two strategic phases. This is where Dean needs us to help him design this exact plan with timetables, with budgets, with numbers, with quotes, with estimates, with everything, with lending involved, everything needs to be planned here and we help Dean do that. I am going to let Dean explain this to you right now. So let's go to that and you can hear Dean share with you what we came up with. Let's go to the next. I'm extremely excited about this, this property. Uh, it has huge potential. It's in a great location that's, that's uh, central to the, to the city. It has very convenient interstate access, and the, the visibility is, is fantastic. In addition, all of the rents currently are below market value, so there's huge upside potential there. 
And um, we have developed, uh, just in my conversations with Peter on multiple occasions, we've developed what I consider a two-phase project. The first phase is to, to stabilize the property and take care of uh, all the deferred maintenance and, and various things that are going on, plus create some curb appeal and improve the exterior look of the property so that we can attract some really good tenants. And then, of course, to backfill the vacancy of the building. In phase two, we will then move on to existing um, tenants and the primarily the self-storage space and we'll be expanding that space. There's approximately 5,000 square feet that we can add for additional storage, and we have lots of opportunity for increased rent rates on that side of, on that side of the business as well. Uh, so extremely excited, as I mentioned. We believe this will be a two-year plan, and upon completion of this, we should be able to force the equity of the building and, and thus increase the value of that of this property to probably $5.5 million, which we believe is a very achievable goal. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the process. We're in the throes of it right now. Um, there's construction going on every day and looking forward to giving you some updates in the future. And uh, thank you, Peter, for all your coaching and mentorship. Thank you for hanging out with Dean and I this far. I really, really want you to get it. Now, I want to end here with, with two things that I believe will really, really help you. Number one is, is what can we learn from Dean today? And number two, how can it help you personally? I want to share with you three things that we can learn from Dean and how it can help you. Number one is the best day to get into real estate investing was yesterday. The second best day is today. Today. Don't wait. Dean knew interest rates are going up. He knew market conditions are fluctuating. He still went in and look what he got. Okay. Now, some of you are kind of stuck in reading the news. Don't watch the news, by the way. But you're reading the news and you're not sure what to do or how to make decisions. I have a video just perfect for you. The video is called the five keys to making decisions in commercial real estate. Very, very important video for today. So go ahead and watch it after this. Now, the second thing we can learn is I want you to arm yourself. You need to arm yourself with creative financing techniques, okay? It will help you combat higher interest rates and fluctuating market conditions. Today, things are changing. You can see it. What are you going to do? Sit on the sidelines and wait? No, you don't want to do that. You're going to miss opportunity after opportunity. You need to arm yourself with knowledge and knowing what to do. Do you think Warren Buffett is going to sit on the sidelines and watch things come down and grow up? No, he's not. He's always planning and looking for ways in so that he can take advantage of the situation. Number three, this is for the people who are saying that all the good deals are gone. All the best deals are gone, Peter, sold price, uh, all the money got all the best deals, right? This is for you. Your problem is you're looking in the wrong place. You are looking in the wrong place. You need to go direct. 
You need to go direct to the seller, and that's something that we're really, really good at. But if you do manage to go direct, you know, two, three questions. How do you do it? How do you go about it? Right? How do you convince the seller to do something creative with you? And number three, how do you structure the deal? This is what we do as a company. So please call us and we can share with you how all that works. These are the three points I really, really, really want you to get. And I hope you got them.